0: Life is full of awesome what ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Tone Aris Podcast. I am your host, James, and I'm joined by my good friend Timmy Lam. Hi, everyone. Ron is on the deck. Say so hi, Ron. Hi, Ron. Thomas is in the audience. Say so hi, Thomas. And we have two uh, inspirational young people here that have come through the Cork Life Centre. We've had Dan O'Leary back in the early days of the podcast, who's the director. And we're going to get to know you and your journeys through education and what you're doing today, which is great. I'm going to start with ladies first, Amber. <laughs> Amber, how are you? Good,
2: good.
1: Thomas, will you pass me up the book, Amber, by for us, please? Amber, one second, Yannick. You don't know what that is in Japanese, Thomas. <laughs> Japanese <laughs> is it? Thomas is a what Japanese is speaker.
3: <laughs> <pasamos. Yeah. laughs>
1: Thomas is a Japanese speaker. No way. More, <laughs> that was probably Chinese. Getting, uh, the and <laughs> home. Amber Sheridan O'Callaghan, and you brought us a lovely book. Can you get that one? Uh, yeah, thank that's you. Thank, <laughs> thank you, thank you for that. <laughs> For the people that don't know you, do you want to tell us a little bit about who you are and where you're from?
2: Um, my name is Ambrose Callahan. I'm from Cork. Um, I'm 23 years old and I just finished my degree in psychology.
1: Very good. Where did you do that new UCC?
2: Uh, no, in Waterford. Waterford, I Yeah, I kind of just wanted to get out of Cork. I'm not that
1: seat of the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where, what part of Cork are you from?
2: Uh, Glenmire, kind of like the country. Yeah, yeah. so
1: that's where all the passionaries go. When they <laughs> yeah. get the price of a <laughs> house. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
2: very
1: good. Um, what schools did you go to when you were younger?
2: Um, so I went to a school in Glamire, secondary school, and then when was that,
1: that the one by Brook
2: Yeah, and then when that wasn't working out, I moved to the Life Centre.
1: What was the secondary school like for you before you went to the Life Centre?
2: Um, well, even from primary school, I was bullied my whole life. Um, okay. by students, by teachers, um, everyone really, mm. um. So my brother went to the life centre as well. So once I kind of wanted to get out of education, um, I kind of just followed his path into the Cork Life Centre.
3: Was it just bullying or was there any learning differences?
2: Um, yeah, well, I'm dyslexic as well, which I never really took notice of. But um, in secondary school, I don't really pay attention to the kids that can't learn as faster as well as other kids. Mm. um, so then when I went to the life center they were able to cater for that
1: amazing yeah how how, how did the uh, can you remember your first days in the life center
2: yeah um be nervous yeah I remember my sister was volunteering there as well um
1: she had a good family connection
2: to the place so yeah um, and a school that was in GCC, and no, a teacher that was was in g c c um, I think he was actually the only teacher I liked in that school and um, he was volunteering in the Cork Life Centre as well um, so I met him on my first day which was really comforting
0: yeah what was the
3: actual difference in the two schools how, how, how different were they
2: well in the Cork Life Centre they actually pay attention to you and they're actually there to like hear you and listen to you and um, it's one to one teaching so you're, you kind of have like more of that education where like it's actually focused on you and they alter education in a way to help you learn better, mm. that makes sense. That makes
3: so yeah. much sense. I suppose what they're really doing so is when Amber comes in, we're looking at her strong points yeah. and we're going to work with Amber's strong points and give her the best education she can possibly get.
2: Yeah, like when I went there, I didn't really know what my strong points were. So Don kind of like got me involved in like every subject to kind of figure out what I was interested in. Um, so in secondary school, I didn't like English at all. Um, I didn't go to the class. But then in the Life Centre, the teachers were different. It's, it's all about teachers as well, like mm. actually connecting with them. Mm. Like if you see a teacher as a friend, then you're actually going to want to learn um, and that's where I found my love for English. I if
3: they give you that bit of res- respect yeah,
2: and, and they treat you nicely. Yeah. yeah. And oh. like we talk to them like on a first name basis and mm. it wasn't yeah. like, oh, you're better than me. It mm. was like, we're all on the same level here. We're just helping each other.
1: Mm. I not amazing? Yeah, yeah. I think the relationship with the teacher was vital because um, I remember when I was in secondary school, I dropped out of history and geography. And uh, I loved those subjects, but I just didn't get on with the teacher. Mm, and yeah. I think it was a shame, really, Like there was, was a lot of potential there for me with those subjects, but I just gave it up after my junior search and all. And later on in college then, um, because I got on with the teachers, the lecturers in UCC, and they showed me a lot of respect. And uh, I wanted to um, show them how much I appreciated them with the quality of work I would hand up. So I would give it my best shot yeah. to show them that I appreciated that I was here. And I appreciated, you know, the relationship and the time that they would give me. So, like, it, you, you could, you know, have a terrible time with English in mm. school and then go to a different school and do the exact same subject yeah. but with a different teacher, and you like, could <coughs> thrive in it. You know what I mean? Mm. It's just important for people to hear that they had bad experiences in school and think that that's not for them. Or they can't do that. Because if you do that in another setting, in another time in your life, you might have way different results.
3: Yeah, yeah that's actually fair comment.
4: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lee, how's the farm boy?
3: Good by yourself?
4: How too bad Where's you, Lee? Uh, 20. Where are you from? I'm from uh, a Nice little part of the world. Yeah, it's lovely. Mm-hmm. Especially this time of year, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. We were down a Kinsale a few weeks ago, sailing into wellness. I swear, yeah. Do you do that? I have never done it. I've done sailing for years, like, but uh, I haven't done that one in particular. Mm. Do you do that down there thomas mm. yeah sailing into wellness
1: we did a podcast with Colin healy there recently yeah, yeah. it's a mm. social enterprise brings yeah. people in recovery went to the sailing board yeah. around kinsale but um what schools did
4: you go to or did you go to school yeah. In? yeah i went to school in kinsale up until fifth class and then i left there it was before i got to the relation i was probably in about eight or nine different schools but it was in care as well like so i was constantly getting moved to different houses so mm. hence so i was moving to different schools mm. yeah just so. difficult dates yeah yeah I was annoying like i never found i never even liked education until the license was well different than say, there, like mm.
1: is it different like i can imagine i can only imagine really what it's like being moved from home to home and then yeah.
4: starting over again all the time yeah that was why I initially started disliking school in the first place is because when I was 11, I was in fifth class and uh, they were like, nah, you're going, you're going to be leaving your family, blah, blah, blah. But I was more annoyed about leaving school because they were all the people I grew up with, you know. And from then on, I had like a resentment towards them wanting me to go to school. I was like, no, I'm not, not, not going to school for you because you won't let me go to school with my friends. Mm. So I probably ended up missing out on about three years of education over that. Like, mm. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. and like when you think about starting a new school or a new job or
1: a new anything, it can bring up a lot of fear and anxiety, yeah. no matter who you are. Mm-hmm. But if you're if you have to do that every few months as a yeah. child, like that's a very difficult. But sp- I can understand why you wouldn't want to go to
3: school, yeah, or mm-hmm. why
4: you would get a resentment with education. You know.
3: So you went through eight schools.
4: I'd say about that, yeah. I was in uh, about four or five schools down here. I was in school up in Dublin, Clonmel, mm-hmm. and then uh, finally. I, I heard about the life centre. I a guy called Matthew. He does a bit of a walk on me from the, from the north side. He's like, do you know, springboard at all. Yeah. That mm-hmm. place. They're up in that. that uh, Matthew, he, he, he put me onto the life centre. And I went in and I said to Dan, I said, look, I, I want to get my education. It's, I'm, I'm nearly in third, year now, Like, and if I don't do it, I'm going to have nothing like. Mm-hmm. And from then on, went in there. Then we leave and sort of, junior sort of leave and sort of squarely.
3: For somebody that's, that went through so much in an education, all right, yeah. uh, already at that, that point in your life, yeah. fair play to you. Exactly. you actually wanted yeah, to yeah. They, they still get an education
4: because. Exactly. I just realised because a lot of my family didn't have education yeah. yet, and I just knew that that was the key to you know, making a better life for myself. Like. 100%. How did you how did you get
1: that awareness? Like was the people working in the care centres that helped you or yeah, did you have it, it was, in
4: your I think it was them in the care centres, but at the same time I we was seeing lots of people in my own family go down the wrong road, mm. putting two and two together. I was like, I need to do something else, you know? Mm. And it hasn't always been like, Oh, I'm actually I've been like you'll mess up every now and then, but I should look. Mm. I know, but you know what? Mm. What what you talk about there is like you've there's a family
1: out, there's a family history, right? Mm. It would have been the most straightforward thing in the world to just carry on that mm. yeah. and not have the awareness, but to have that awareness at such a young age is the yeah. unique thing to have. Mm. So there was a, there was an innate intelligence in you there that other people helped you to kind of fulfil your potential. You know, and you're still only a young man. Yeah, but it wasn't straightforward road either. You know, you had your challenges along the way. Yeah, exactly. When did you go into the life centre? What
4: age were? Yeah? Uh, I think it was fifteen or sixteen. Can you remember your first days? Yeah, I It was really, like, it was nervous didn't know I think I, I didn't know anyone there actually at all. I think I might only know one guy, but they were very welcoming. Like and terror. Like when I went in there and you have the maximum students would ever be in a classroom, he was three, like and that was perfect because like I don't learn at the same pace as thirty other people in a classroom. And then, then if you're falling I mean. behind, like exactly, if I'm there falling behind, the teacher's getting annoyed at me because I can't keep up with everyone else like, and it's just a, a vicious cycle. And, mm-hmm. and then you start getting stressed. Then, yeah, and exactly. you start going
3: into your head, is there something wrong with yeah. me? Why am I different to everybody else? You exactly,
4: know. yeah. I completely related. Yeah. Mm.
1: And the, the beauty of the life center as well is, the, like Sedan and Thomas, like they're not over your shoulder like, right? What grades you get in <laughs> school, you know, yeah. what grades you get in that. Yeah. That's, listen, that's important. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But it's how are you doing emotionally, yeah. physically, psychologically? Exactly. Are you, are you happy? Yeah. It's the main thing, really, exactly. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That's the way schools should be. Yeah. It's about the development of the young person. Exactly. There in all aspects. Be, there in, should
3: be more of an emphasis, more of an importance around yeah. how to get a young person ready for life. Exactly. Yeah. Educate them. Yeah. Educate completely. But how, Get them ready for life. Let's teach them around emotions, how to handle emotions, you know, Um, meditation, implementing nice routines into their lives around healthy foods, maybe some fitness. Social skills as well. Exactly. You
1: know. You you were telling me there a while ago, you got out of prison in October. Yeah. No, I'm not really interested in what you run for. It's not really relevant. But what was life like for you when you left the life center
4: obviously if you went up in prison yeah it got a bit difficult for you so like remember when, when lockdown came in there when the first COVID happened that was when i was supposed to be doing my exams so we were out of school due to the lockdown and all the results were going to um remember they were they were judged grading mm, themselves that's right. so that's how it that's how it, the way my own's ended up but then when when That came in, I don't know, everything just kind of fell apart. Then, no school, no structure, I yeah. had nothing, and I wasn't expecting to be out of school. Like, I was, I would have I been uh, preparing myself for leaving. So, then, I don't know, drugs, I was using a lot of drugs as well at that time. Mm. Boredom kicked in there yeah, massively as well. Time, like, uh-huh. And uh, I was living in one of the care homes as well, like, so I wasn't able to travel down to Kinsale to my family over all the COVID rules, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm.
3: So, how was it living in a care home around? With- around COVID, uh it, it must was be difficult i was enough. over
4: 18 at this stage so it was a step down center so it was a lot easier mm. so i wouldn't have actually known what would have been it would have been like to live with four or five staff around 24 7 like, mm. but it was but, a, you know, you're, like we've all been impacted by mm. COVID, like but yeah. you
1: know it must have been very difficult for children in care. you know not to have the yeah. access for the visits like, and to be able to get out and stuff like that 100 percent I know, I was surely it, thinking about it now. Right?
3: It is, and I was just thinking of it myself yeah. there. I was trying to put myself into yeah. that position um, of, you know, I, I suppose if you're inside in a care home, yeah. you're only open. Up- your only break really is going to school and interacting with other That's children and, and having a bit of crack or whatever, and then you have to go back there, or you know. Um,
4: yeah, what was it like in prison for yeah? you? Was it your first time going to prison? I was in I was in a uh, Orbistown as uh, when I was younger, when I was 14 or 15, like, but it was obviously nothing like that. It wasn't the best, like, but you, you want, I don't want to go back there, do you get me? No, definitely, it, yeah. it wasn't, it wasn't rough, like, but you just don't want to go back either. Yeah, what mm-hmm. was uh, what was Orbistown like? It was grand, yeah, it wasn't too bad. That was, that was one of the spot places that actually made me uh, focus on my education as well. They had a great education up there, you know, yeah. and uh, I was like, yeah, I don't want this life at all, like started yeah. focusing. Then as soon as I came out of there, that's when I got onto to Dan and I said, Dan, I want to do my leave sort of my junior sort way. And uh, yeah, it was from then on, I was in it for myself, basically. So Dan mm-hmm. would never put pressure on me because he'd be like, what's the point? me putting pressure on you if you're not doing it for yourself? like. Yeah. So yeah. brilliant.
3: Good outlook, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. exactly.
4: Well, yeah. we'll come back to you.
3: I'm Bo.
1: How are you? You have a few notes in front of you there. I know you were mad to hide them.
3: <laughs> Nobody really uses their notes when they get no. to this table no. though. It's important we you give have, up stuff beauty. you
1: want to talk about, you know. I seen you um, on the Arctus TV. You spoke to senators and TDs in the Aractus there 12 months ago, was it? Yeah. What was it like?
2: Um, were you nervous? I was, but it was a lot less nerve wracking than this is (laughs) yeah. because I knew I was speaking on behalf of young people. I knew I had to make a point and I knew I had to try to change their minds on education and on funding the Life Centre. So it was, it was a lot (laughs) easier.
1: Yeah, and and you've done as well. And when you've done by yourself, yeah. you know you can do anything. Like
2: he was literally
3: behind me at my yeah. shoulder. Yeah. Know, it's just go, it, go, it also goes to show how passionate you are about the life center yeah. and how much it helped you. Because when you're that passionate about something, nothing else matters. Yeah, and you can just go for it. it doesn't do matter what. who's listening. It doesn't matter who's over there, or who's saying what. You're just going to go for it, and you're going to speak your reality. Yeah. Do you yeah. want to tell us a little bit about what you spoke about?
2: Um, so I kind of spoke about the effects of secondary school education um, and how different it is to the Cork Life Centre. Um, and I spoke about why the Life Centre needs funding because not every child fits into one box of secondary school um, and how every kid learns differently mm-hmm. and stuff like that.
1: And how did they take it?
2: Um, they seemed to be open about it, but every time you'd kind of ask them a question, they would kind of dance around the subject and <laughs> move on.
0: Keep um, it good. Yeah.
2: Keep it. <laughs> it's like they were there to listen to us, but not hear us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: how did you feel afterwards?
2: I felt good for getting my points across, but yeah. nothing was done about it. And I didn't expect anything to be done about it, but.
1: Nothing was done about it immediately.
2: Yeah.
1: But knowing things like that, you're planting the seed mm-hmm. for you're trying to build momentum for change that might happen. Like did that whole system will change very, very slowly. Yeah. But it's only it was- with input like that is it might one change yeah. at all. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So might you might see the change the next day, but something will happen down the line because of that. Do you know what I mean?
3: Yeah. I, I think what James is saying, is he's a hundred percent right, and it's it's the education system will be one of those places where it's going to be slow because yeah. it's it's so old and so structured and yeah. they, they don't like change. But it's it's one of these things that has to change eventually yeah. and it will happen eventually where you'll see a lot more schools like the Life Centre and they will tweak the education around the child's needs, the person's needs, instead of one shoot to fit all. It's it's not like that anymore. There's so many children these days with different learning differences and different needs in the education system. And we have to tweak every child's individual requirements around that, you know, because there's so many children slipping through the cracks, you know, and they're just left there. They're not children that are disruptive or anything like that. I was one of these kids, you know, in the school as well. You know, unfortunately, there was no, I didn't have the life center like ye, but there are so many children just like us, you know, who just need a different education to the norm. And that's what's very important. And by you talking up there and us talking here and everybody else, whoever is an advocate for what we're doing here, doing their thing. Yeah, you know it's the seed, and that seed is starting to get bigger and bigger, and it will change. Yeah. I know it'll change. I've not doubt my mind; it'll have to change because we can't keep going the way we yeah. are, because there's too many children slipping through the cracks. Yeah, the we're talking
2: about the like changing the leaving cert to instead of like just hundred percent exams to try to incorporate like assignments <laughs> or like projects or like even like small classroom tests instead of. At the end of each semester, putting all kids into a big hall and putting everything they've learned down on a piece of paper. Um, So we're trying to change how we're trying to see how that could be changed to help kids get the grades that they actually deserve.
1: And the thing is, like you know, if you you could be English, let's say you could know everything there is to know about Macbeth or whatever it is that come up in the Leaving Cert, but if you're being bullied. I know no, you weren't at this time, but just let's say you were. If you're being bullied and you're under stress because of that, or if you're in a care home and you're under stress because of that, how, it's very hard for you to remember what you need to remember on the day of the test. You might know everything you need to know about that question. But on that given day, an episode has happened at home or in the neighbourhood, And you can't recall it. It's a very unfair way for assessment for people you know, that have difficult backgrounds, you know, so having to continue, and I know continuous assessment has been brought in slowly but surely for some subjects, but I'd love to know what, how you found the UC or the university experience and psychology. I remember when I was going through college and started learning about psychology, I got a huge awareness around myself and why I was the way I was, why things happened to the where they happened, and my family and my neighborhood. Did you get that too?
2: Yeah, um, I must say back to the leaving cert when I was doing um, one of, I think it was the pre-leaving cert, um, doing an art exam um, as time was going through like a lot of trauma. And during the exam, whatever was happening, but I was getting a lot of flashbacks and I wanted to leave and I did. Um, and Don was there to actually like help me and say, mm. look, you don't have to do this. You can go back in a minute, like take your time, take a breath, and just literally do what you want, really, because it's just an exam. Mm. Um, and I think that really changed my whole view on education and to kind of like put my mental health first. Um, what was your question?
3: Mm. Just like. That me all the time. Sorry. Oh, when you were
1: in, psych- in psychology. When <laughs> you were in psychology. <laughs> when you were learning psychology in college yeah. did you get an awareness around why you were the way you were like, wh- why, you res- like why things didn't work out for you because I suppose I put it this way when I was growing up and I, even in my 20s I felt like um, I was no good and all I was mm. good for was taking drugs and that was mm. my identity mm. and then when I went to college I started learning about different psychological theories childhood development and then I began to think Maybe maybe I'm not maybe I was thinking like that because this happened. Yeah. Or maybe this is my personality because of this event. So I started drawing the dots. Yeah. was was there a bit of that, don't you? Yeah. There?
2: Um, like to be honest, I didn't really do psychology to help other people at the start. It was all about myself and yeah. um so like when I was fifteen and sixteen, I went through sexual um trauma and I went on to study psychology so I could learn about why he did what he did, mm. what was going through his head. And I was really like obsessed with the fact of trying to figure out like why people do this. Mm. Um, so then when I went into psychology. I was trying to find all those answers and I was learning a lot about child development. And I learned a lot about my own background and how these past traumas can affect you and all sorts of way like um, the neurons in your brain and
0: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
2: It's like they all like get killed off every time you go through um, a traumatic event. Um. So it was really interesting, but it was only till... My second year of college, I actually realized that I'm not going to find the answers that I want by studying this. And that if I'm going to continue on with this course, I might as well do it so I can help other people instead mm-hmm. of yeah. trying to find answers that don't exist.
1: Yeah, you won't. Yeah. Like you won't get the answers in an academic course. You'll get those answers through therapy. And, you know, working through those traumas, is is there anything you've done since the sexual event happened or since that time that's helped you? Was there counselling or anything at all?
2: Yeah, when I was in Life Centre, Don always persuaded me to do counselling. Um, at the start, I hated it. I even walked out of it multiple of times.
1: It's being, difficult, isn't it? Yeah,
2: I've been mm-hmm. really angry and everything because she just say it straight out like what happened that night? How does it make you feel? And I was like, no, this is not happening. Actually, I refuse to accept this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I used to walk out quite a lot, throwing tantrums, leaving the school. And um, I wouldn't even recognize myself (laughs) now if I've seen that. Um, But eventually I did start to think, okay, this actually is helping me. No matter how angry I'm getting, it is helping me. Um, So I stuck with that counseling. And then when I graduated, Don offered me to continue my counselling, which I did. So I went to the sexual violence centre in Cork. um, And then I went to Waterford. I continued counselling there. Um, I've been to a lot of counsellors. And I just feel like everyone kind of, not needs to have a counsellor, but they need someone to talk to. If the
1: whole world had a counsellor, the world would be a a nicer place, eh? Yeah. Like, you know, and we always say, we did 12 steps as part of our recovery amongst, we did counseling and all yeah. these other things. But like, if, if everybody did the 12 steps, there's some awareness. Yeah. You don't have to have addictions to do personal development. Mm. You don't have to have like, um, eating disorders or gambling or anything like that. A bit of personal development is very helpful yeah. no matter yeah. who you are, to understand your triggers, to deal with your baggage, and help you in all other aspects of your life.
2: Yeah, it really helps you to like, learn to like, get to know yourself. Like, ever since counseling in at uh, life center i've kind of like loved self-development now like i'm always even saying to my friends like look if i do something wrong say it to me i'm not gonna get angry yeah you know i just want to know so i can improve
1: so me and timmy are still yeah. doing professional uh, personal development yeah and, but lee have you done anything like what amber has done yeah,
4: like uh, like therapy and yeah. machine psychologists and stuff like that i've been going to see them since i was young but I find it helpful at the start up until I was about 15. I just felt like it was a, a burden to be going to them, but I was only going to them because I had to. But then when I was like 15, 16, 17, my own minds just started to t- deteriorate, like just had bad depression and stuff like that. So when I started going to them to help myself, they were very beneficial. Like uh, mm. And as you said about learning your triggers and all that, like I'm well more aware of all that now. Yeah. I, just, I went to Pierre House too, they were very good. Very good, yeah. yeah and are you doing mm. anything at the moment sorry i haven't been no and i said to myself when i came out like that i, that I didn't want to go back to them because i've been going to them for 10 years like mm. but if i ever feel like i do need to go back i will but personally my mind's in the best place it's ever been thankfully that's great to hear mm. do you link
1: in with the cocker lines at all i've never linked in with them now. might be worth checking them out Yeah, they support people that have been in prison yeah education as, and as well they were instrumental and in coming and timmy's recovery yeah. No?
3: Yeah. yeah and even going back to what amber said there again with a go about her own course where she started to learn about <coughs> her own childhood and stuff and how it may have affected her going on and forward in her life with self esteem issues, confidence, yeah. maybe security, you know. When you understand all these things as well, yeah and you know that none of it was your fault. Yeah, you can have that little bit of uh, care for yourself and compassion and empathy for yourself, whereas and love, you yeah. know, um, whereas you probably didn't have before because oh. you you like I'm speaking from my own experience, you know, when I did learn and obviously my talk to you yeah. learning all this it really helped me massively, yeah. you know, and it, it's it's very important that we do get an education because yeah. without the education we don't understand that. Exactly. You know, Amber can relate to that too. we don't understand the wording around it, the, the emotional stuff around it, mm. you know, the head stuff around it. So yeah, that's where education is very important for anybody had that has been traumatized in their lifetime to be able... But then again, like there's an also another side. If 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 you like if to go really deep within yourself through meditation and and gain. A, Real strong form of acceptance and surrender into the way you're feeling and stuff is another way, but it's it's a really it's a long term way as well. But yeah. I always believe the education and the knowledge around your 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 own life yeah. and the, the trauma is very important as well because it really really kind of light bulb just goes on your head. Definitely, just, yeah. I mean,
1: yes. And if you're ever like, if, t- if times ever get tough, yeah, down the line and you yeah. feel like you know, you're know you running into issues with housing. Yeah. be were picking up yeah. the phone to the Cork Alliance. Thanks. Because yeah. they'll help you out. It doesn't matter if you've been out of prison for years. Yeah. The fact that you've been in prison, you're from Cork, you qualify. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, I'd, we'd still you know, be friendly with Sheila over there as well. And I know yeah, she well, Yeah, I know
4: her actually, Sheila. The Blandy here is. is no, that's one? Vicky. No, oh, Vicky. There's yeah, a couple of
1: Sheila's bland- Sheila is the manager. Oh, the CEO. Well, she wouldn't like you saying that, no, right? <laughs> 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 and she listens as well. <laughs> She's one of the first people that listened to me. So, hi, Sheila. You're definitely not old looking, the young one. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? It's just an option that's there yeah. for you, and it doesn't matter how long you've been out. If you know, but it'd be important as well for you just to, yeah. things is good now, right? Yeah. But you know what happens now when you're in that place, right? Mm. I've been in that place, and, you just, and I thought I was cured, yeah, yeah. and I fell flat in my face a few rounds down the line. Yeah, when life gets tough, because it doesn't matter who you are, life gets tough for everybody. But do yeah. you know at This time, why why I didn't fall flat in my face? Do you know when times was good. You kept. I kept going to the meetings, the twelve yeah. steps, the counselling, the group work, yeah. aftercare personal development and look you know what you're doing when you're good and you're doing that. Yeah. You're putting all the ex all that stuff into the bank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know when times is tough down the line, yeah. you lose a job, you don't get the course, your girlfriend's and on. Yeah. You take you do, you you cash in yeah. all that stuff and that prevents you from going flat in your face. So yeah. that would be my advice for you is things is good now, but now this is where you drive around.
3: Yeah. yeah. Isn't it? Yeah, hundred percent. It's 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 like when we get to a certain place in life we're we're not as traumatized, we're not as depressed, we're not as anxious as we were twelve months ago. Yeah. Oh, I'm comfortable here. We stop all the development yeah, it sneaks back, back in. in. Yeah, keep yeah. going. Because there's loads of healing there. Definitely. You just have to keep going. Yeah. And we'll be at it for the rest of our lives. <laughs> definitely. Oh, definitely. Do you know, which is great. <laughs> yeah.
1: Because you know what, you'd be the more self-aware people going around the gaffs, you know? Yeah. And yeah. like all that Shit, that's after happening to you in your lives. Mm. Do you know what? You're just getting so much awareness on so no counting skills. And you're going to help the next people, like Tim, me and Timmy help others now, and that's You're going to do, like, yeah. people would have, like you were on a path where it was addiction in prison, and now you've nipped it in the bud. Yeah. And you're going to go on, and you probably, in time, you might go back to the life centre and help the next person coming up. you know, and yeah. All those negative life experiences are an asset, you know. Because no matter like college can't give you that like yeah. the experience exactly do you know if you got the college piece on top of that yeah that's saying over no, that you draft like I'm going in September I yeah think like, yeah like yeah. if you get that mm-hmm. college piece with that level that's a very mm-hmm. valuable asset definitely yeah for a life center or a cool mm-hmm. mine or a table lodge we just did a podcast with exactly, yeah. Mick Devine the there do you know to have that is mm-hmm. ideal you know but I'm gonna come back John so, Amber <laughs> talk to me about the book
2: um poetry yeah
1: you're a poet. <laughs>
2: Apparently. (laughs) Um, But it's a beautiful
1: book. Yeah. And it has 55 poems. Now, the first one is I'm after Spartan, and I like it. Goodbye, my psycho firefly. (laughs) Did you write that one for Timmy?
2: That's a (laughs) great How did you know (laughs) So it's actually Firefly, Goodbye My Firefly, and then Goodbye My Psycho Firefly. Oh, <laughs> it's a trilogy, yeah. good. <laughs> um, yeah, I kind of started wrote, writing a poetry as a coping mechanism once I kind of opened up about my sexual assault to Don and my mom and everything. Um, I kind of started off like rewriting other kind of poets' poems that I liked. Um, and then Don said to me, he's like, why don't you write your own and I literally laughed in his face. I was like, no. Oh, um, that's like that's just not something I'm gonna do. Um I think it was actually that same day me and Thomas and another student were going on a walk for Japanese class and a poem literally just came to me. Um and it just all started from there.
1: Isn't right. it great? Or how, like, yeah. I don't know if you watch our podcast, you don't have to answer or <laughs> <laughs> but we had a very famous psychologist, psychiatrist on the podcast, Dr. Bessel van der Koop, uh-huh. and he's the leading expert in the world on PTSD, right? And we spoke about all the different alternative ways people heal from trauma. And one of the big things he spoke about is arts, drama poetry, dance, music, and stuff like that. Sort of the fact that you found something that'll yeah. help you on top of the other stuff now. And I often think about it like this way as well. Me and Timmy, like we created this podcast out of an idea mm. and we didn't know anybody that anything like this. We're in recovery, you know, and this is how we like, we talk about this stuff now, like you, you write it down in the form of poetry. we we'll talk about it, share it in the form of a podcast. But it's the same idea, really. Yeah. you're using words you're putting it out there for people to help others and and it's not that like this will be very helpful the podcast will be very helpful but you still have to do the counseling you still have to yeah. it's a part of a regime isn't it a holistic yeah. approach you know but i'd say that was very therapeutic for you to do that
2: yeah i used to write like maybe five poems every day and they're all basically the same um and i'm still writing poems now but nowadays it's kind of Different themes, different topics and...
3: Because you've changed. Yeah. I I read some of your poems a while ago and when I was um, understanding them, I could understand where you are in your life at that time. Yeah. You know, because when I was in prison, I was writing songs for music and when I look at them now, I wouldn't write the same music because I'm not caught up in the depression as I was back then. So... My songs now would be different. There'd be probably a lot of love songs and, <laughs> yeah. and stuff like that. You know, yeah. but back then they were really, really, really short where I was in my life. Yeah. I was in early recovery. I was depressed. I was going through Latin prison, but I was looking at the, the, the books and I can imagine that your, your poems now are like, they are very, very important. Yeah. Because what those poems do when we go back and reflect on them, we get great gratitude. For how far whole family yeah, can.
2: and it's a great escape as well. Like, yeah. even now, if I am like upset about something or like upset for someone else, I just put it into a poem and mm-hmm. I can just leave it there. And it, it is really good,
4: not a great way yeah. to express yourself. I sense. know,
1: like, yeah. I have that coping skill so young. Yeah. Do you know when I used to feel upset and things like that when I was 23, the off license is what I went to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you know what? It was the same thing. That was the corporate skill that I, uh, that was what I knew was a mm-hmm. corporate skill to help me deal with any anxiety or stress. But the fact that you found something that's very creative, like it's the problem is when you look at people that are in addiction, it's not like, oh, look at him drinking and wasting his life with He's doing something to help soothe whatever is going on for him. Mm-hmm. And that's why he has available to him if you just have a bit of an understanding, get him in the door and help him and maybe expose him to poetry because he may never, and I'm talking general, no one has talked about anybody in particular, but like to be exposed to poetry, you might never in your life have been exposed to poetry until somebody highlights it yeah, And then you might find, fucking hell, this is brilliant. And all of a sudden you don't need to drink no more. Mm-hmm. Or at least it's less appealing. And that's what, what we found, you know, well, we've been in recovery for a few years before the podcast, you know, but education, it was for me, so, you know, somebody showed me the pathway through UCC. And when I found education, I was like, fucking hell, start to build in this life for me. All of a sudden, the drinking the drugs doesn't look so appealing anymore because I started to get a nice life yeah. over here with this. Mm-hmm. But before, before it was UCC, I didn't really know where I was going with my life. And it was a whole part of me thinking, maybe I'll have a drink one day. maybe. But when I, when I went to UCC and I started to get my qualifications and jobs, then I knew I wasn't going back there. You know, so it's great to have that quantum skill. But I come back, yeah. post the
4: family? Too bad we. <laughs> yeah. You were in Geneva. Yeah. Talk to us about that. Uh, well, Dan came to me. He was uh, there was this fellow over there, a professor. There was, I don't know. There was loads of stuff going on there at the time, but he was doing a study on children deprived of liberty, and how like people who are under eighteen who have been locked up. I think it's specifically they were kind of like, like focusing on over there, seeing like America now, like people crossing the border, kids being kept in those kind of facilities. Ice. Then and how it would affect nice your, your brain's yeah. only developing at age, like uh, yeah. and uh, how that has been affecting people and I went over and I and I'd done a speech like and I just basically I, I told them about my experience of being uh, locked up when I was younger and how I ended up there and like how I end up in the life centre after and then I was like I need to start going focused on my education if I don't want to have this life like and it was basically about that like but it was amazing it was a good experience. Was that a part of the United Nations thing? Yeah, in there, yeah, it's crazy. Unreal. I that's... didn't experience how I I, I didn't uh, know much about it really. And then when Dan told me and when I agreed to it, and then he told me how much of a big thing it was, I was oh, I was nervous. But, but put
1: it this way, right? If you're invited to speak at the United
4: Nations event, there's yeah.
1: like, a very select few people in the world get if asked you can't about anything like,
4: down, like that. I met so many people over. I met the Irish ambassador, French ambassadors. There was loads, of, loads of big heads over there, like you know. yeah. But it was a good experience. I'd
1: love to speak at it. What would we get invited at him? <laughs> United Nations Convention in Norris. It's,
3: it's so unreal, is Like
1: Fair when way. you're coming from like mm. eight different schools, a lot of different care homes, yeah. you know, addiction, orbustown. Yeah. Like to speak at a United Nations conference yeah. about your experiences, strength and no hope. Yeah. That's unbelievable. Crazy. Yeah. And
3: you know it is what its it's very important that people like you and me yeah. and Amber and James and everybody here speak about our experiences as well, because a lot of those people in that room probably no. wouldn't be able to relate to, to, to their own experiences because yeah. they've had different upbringings and it's yeah. important that we tell them how it is on the other side as well. Yeah,
4: exactly. You know? um, your plan is to go to college in September. Yeah. What, what are you interested in doing? Psychology. I'm going to go to war for as little Kind of the same. road Amos after going down like. So you paved the way now for the other <laughs> yeah. people behind. Yeah, it's true. It's it. Yeah. All
1: it needs, all it takes is one person to do it in the community. Yeah. And others see. You know what? Like I said a while ago, I thought UCC was net was for rich people, and yeah. I met my wife, and she's from Churchfield, and which is next to us where I'm from, and she showed me that it wasn't just for rich people. Now all of a sudden that. Door becomes open, and you've done it now for the likes of Lee. Yeah, he says, No, I know, I know her. But exactly. With respect to Amber, <laughs> yeah. she's not fucking anything high and mighty, she's just like me yeah. with a
4: similar life experience. We born in yeah. the life center.
1: Does not to say you can't do yeah. and the next person and that's how this that's
4: thing a, works that's one read? of the main reasons like because like i've been through a lot now like as as a as a young fella yeah so i can empathize like i can i can feel what other young people are on about like because i've been to some guys there now like like a uh, psychologist and it's more like tick the box like you know what i mean they're just asking the questions that are on the paper mm. but uh if i went to the psychology i like to work with young people my age mm. and yeah. guide them and give them the advice that i wish i had when i was that age, you know. Yeah.
1: You will be doing that. Thanks. You're under the no no. to us. This yeah. is the next step. But that's happening for you. Yeah. Yo, that's, what, that's what you're destined to do. That's it. To help mm. us. Yeah. Because there's no better vocal to do it. Mm. No <laughs> better vocal. And you're a leader. Watch
3: <laughs> watch the party scene. Yeah. <laughs> don't yeah. watch yeah. as well. Oh, no, yeah. 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 We don't want you back <laughs> on the podcast again. Like.
1: Usually when you're on this podcast, it means... Things went tits up again, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. <laughs> oh Jesus. But the yeah. next time you're on this podcast, it'll be because you're a psychologist talking about your area of expertise. Exactly. Yeah. Do you know, that'd be yeah. an honor to have you back on. Yeah. The two you actually, when you have your PhD, Amber, <laughs> Dr. <laughs> Amber, sorry, <Yeah. laughs> excuse me. That's it. But listen, there's so many possibilities and opportunities now available to you. Your whole life's ahead of you yeah. and you're in a good place, you know, emotionally, you know, psychologically, you know, there's so there's so much potential there for you. Yeah. You know, did you meet many interesting people over
4: in the UN? I did, yeah. I met this woman from Cork, actually, what's her name? Ursula Kelly? is She's a Oh, she's a. she's a, a professor <laughs> in Criminology and the you is a yeah, law? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah hard. I, I, everyone over there was interesting to me, to be honest, because like, it was, I was out of my ex, like, I never experienced anything like it before, mm, but it was great as well. Like, you know, after, like, it was pure formal at the start. But then, like, all the people who were involved in the experiment and all, we all went for dinner down to some nice place over, I don't know. But it was just great, like. Mm. That's brilliant. Yeah.
1: Gas, isn't it? No, he went over to Geneva. You meet anybody interested the first thing he says, a cop. Yeah. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <I>
1: oh <know>, yeah, <laughs> just straight for the familiar isn't it <laughs> uh, um, is there anything else that you wanted to talk about before I want to close I wonder if you'd read us a poem to close us off it okay. go on go on. <laughs> I'll let you decide which one but um, we, we wait. just give me two seconds is there anything you wanted to talk about before we wrap it up you
3: heard anything heard. on your your uh... <laughs> in your little, sp- little spreadsheet um, there? if there's some something coming up for well you.
2: i i would like to say like to all the other survivors that yeah. um it is hard to like tell people um and it is hard to ignore the resentment and the judgment from society and the isolation um but whenever you are ready to talk about it there is people here and our voices will be heard
1: exactly, exactly. well said all i'd say for that, yeah. Yeah. And, and if people are interested in that we did a podcast with mary crilly the director of the mm. sexual violence center if people want to watch that uh,
3: more information on that yeah the other one with um what was that lady's name uh georgina yeah georgina yeah. and Hazel. Hazel a, a yeah so
1: we've well. covered that topic so thanks for bringing mm. it up Amber, in a very dignified way you spoke really <laughs> well and i know it's a very difficult topic So, fair play, yeah. And will you please close us off with one of your poems?
2: Um, I'll read Memory Lane because it's the first one I've ever wrote. Um, Okay. I took a stroll down Memory Lane, down the Maradike walkway. As my nightmare came flashing back, I couldn't seem to walk off this terrifying track. I kept stopping and looking back, scared that someone would stab me in the back. I was paranoid, I was fearful, the path was becoming dark. As I heard the crows cock, there was whistling in the trees. As my knees became weak. This was not a nightmare, most certainly not a dream. This was my head persuading me that not everything is as it seems. The demons living inside me scream, run, run, run. I do not listen. I just stop and stare at the girl who I once was, pathetic and scared.
3: Very good. How are you feeling? Good. Good.
1: good. Uh, <laughs> That was very good. Yeah, I might give away a copy of that to the patrons. Actually, (laughs) well done. Can people buy that?
2: Uh, well, it's up in the life center. Oh, brilliant!
1: So, if people want to contact, if people want a copy of it, they can contact us and we'll sign post. But listen, it's been lovely talking to the two of you. Yeah, thank you, you. and Lee, privileged to talk to you. Thanks. Hope to get you back a few years down the line, see how life is working on for you. And if you need anything from us in the meantime, just pick up the phone friends at life center forever nice. and uh thank you thank thanks you. thomas thanks thanks everybody god bless
3: long.
0: hi this is paige from giggly squad and i want to talk to you about splash refresher and my water intake okay so you guys obviously know that i'm a hydrated girly but sometimes when you drink that much water it starts to just taste bland and you're just like i need something to spice it up that's why i love splash refresher